Welcome once again to Devotional. This is Pastor Ariel, and we are on lesson number 10, entitled God's Everlasting Gospel, found in Revelation chapters 14, verses 6 through 12. This is part 3, and on this episode, we will be focusing on the phrase, The hour of His judgment has come. Well, here we are, getting to the juiciest parts of this message, and we're building. Um, I'm hoping that if I'm going too fast, you will review and, and hear again the previous episodes because they build on each other. I'm breaking them down into different segments so that, you know, it's just not one long, <laughs> overwhelming episode. And so this one is going to be loaded. Uh, we're looking at the hour of his judgment that it has come, and that expression the hour of his judgment is uh, closely related to the fear of the Lord. Uh, they, they are pointing in the same direction. We don't, we may not be able to see it, you know, at face value here in the Book of Revelation. But if we look for these phrases in other parts of the Bible, specifically in the Gospels, you will see how these are intimately linked. Um, the fear of the Lord, which causes us to no longer desire to sin actually we get to actually hate sin and the hour of his judgment are speaking about the same event in the life of christ the origin of the expression the hour of god's judgment especially the the hour of that expression the hour the the gospel of john we find it uh, right off the onset of the gospel of john actually in john chapter 2 and that expression it runs through the entire gospel and um, I'm going to sh- I'm going to read the verses for you in sequence, and show and show how the intensity increases each time this phrase is repeated with the, the introduction "the hour." Um, in the Gospel of John, who incidentally also wrote the Book of Revelation, John chapter two, Jesus is being approached by his mom to see if he could do something to supply for the need of this couple that is getting married, and this is how Jesus responds to his mother. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. And like I said, this phrase is repeated throughout the Gospel of John with greater intensity. And John chapter 4, verses 21 through 24. This is Jesus speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Here's this call to worship. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews or it comes through the Jewish people. Not that we are saved by Jewish people, but the knowledge of salvation has been deposited and trusted to the Jewish people. But the hour is coming. There's that expression again, the hour is coming, and now now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship God, to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Here's the expression. We're not going to, there's a lot of wonderful things we could uh, study from this. But we're going to be focusing on this repeated expression, the hour, the hour, my hour. John chapter 7, verse 30. Therefore they sought to take him, but no one laid a hand on him, that's Jesus, 
because his hour had not yet come. John chapter 8 verse 20. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. From the beginning of Jesus' ministry, Jesus keeps using this expression, and John, inspired by the Spirit, echoes that expression of, my hour has not yet come. It's coming, the hour is coming, uh, but the hour has not yet come. His hour had not, has not yet come. So I'm going to ask you before we keep going, um, what did Jesus and John mean? What, what event were they pointing to by the expression, his, his hour had not yet come? What event in the life of Christ did that expression point to? And I think that it is not a difficult question to answer. The, the, the time, the hour that is pointing to is Jesus on the cross. As we learned in the previous episode, it was because of the cross that you and I can be forgiven and at the same time behold and receive the fear of the Lord. These are all concepts, ideas that are pointing in the same direction, the same focus. The cross, it is the cross that takes away our sinful fear of God and replaces it with a fear and hatred for sin. A, a fear of sin and a hatred for sin. All of this miracle happens at the cross. And Jesus referred to the experience of the cross as his hour, the hour. The hour when Jesus would take the sinful fear out of our hearts and replace it with the holy fear that would produce the blessing of fearing sin because the wages of sin is death and hating sin because of what it does to us and what it did to the relationship between us and God. Um, there's another key word John is inspired to link to Jesus' experience on the cross. And all of these words, like I said, are condensed. They're pulled from different parts of the, of the Old, um, Old and New Testament. And in the book of Revelation, you see them all coalesce, all come together. Now, John, in the same chapter, in the same book, is going to bring another word and link it to the cross of Jesus. And that word is glory. His disciples, this is John chapter 12, verse 16. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. So the, the cross led to Jesus dying and resurrecting. And that experience was the glory, Jesus being glorified. John chapter 12, verse 23. But, but Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come for the Son of Man, that the Son of Man should be glorified. Here Jesus takes that expression, the hour, with the experience of being glorified and pointing in the same direction at the cross. At the cross, we have Jesus being glorified, and at the cross, we see that the hour, his hour has come. Um, one last verse, John chapter 12, verses 27 through 28. Now, Jesus says, now my soul is troubled. This is getting closer and closer to that climactic moment of the cross. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. 
but for this purpose I came to this hour. Again, there's that expression, the hour, the hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. So now we see that with increasing intensity, the hour is getting closer and John begins to add additional words to, to this idea of Jesus suffering uh, at the cross. It, at this hour, the Father would be glorified and Jesus would be glorified at the cross, at the hour that Jesus kept saying, my hour is not yet. The Apostle John kept saying, and they didn't lay a hand on him because the hour, his hour has not yet come. Jesus is not saying the hour is here. And in this event at the cross, I will be glorified and the Father will be glorified. So this hour that Jesus is consistently referring to, it, it points to the experience of the cross, which also is described as the place where Jesus and the Father would receive glory, would be glorified. So let's start, for this right now, slow down a bit. Let's start connecting some dots at this point. The cross was the hour in which Jesus would be glorified and the Father would be glorified as well. And some questions that we can begin to you know, engage, I think would be a good place to do this right now, is why? Why and how would the cross glorify the Father? Why and how would the cross glorify Jesus? What does that mean? Well, at the cross, um, you have to remember that what sin did to our view and perception of God. We talked about this in the previous episode. How we fear Him. Sin caused us to misread, misunderstand God, to become suspicious, distrustful of Him, distrustful of His heart. So we fear Him. And so sin did this, it distorted us. How Satan deceived Eve into believing the lie about God. It was through Satan's intimation, his suggestions, that sin became in, placed within the mind and heart of Eve and then in turn of Adam as well. So at the cross, that lie about God was fully exposed. At the cross, Sin and Satan were fully revealed to the onlooking universe and to humanity as well for what they really are. At the cross, God will be glorified and Jesus will be glorified because they would be seen for who they really are and sin and Satan would be seen for what they really are. This is what Jesus meant when he said what he said in John chapter 12, verse 31, this is what would happen to Satan at the cross. And here we have one last word that we will be added to this uh, puzzle of trying to understand how is it good news to fear God and he give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. In John chapter 12, verse 31, Jesus says this, Now, now that the hour, my hour of being at the cross dying for humanity's sin. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And, and here we have this key word, judgment, added in. It, the, the, the 
judging of this the ruler of this world and of course we don't need to go it's not very difficult to identify who the ruler of this world is it's satan it lucifer the enemy the adversary he is going to be judged and he's going to be cast out because jesus would go to the cross at the cross satan would be judged and because of the cross revealing satan for who he really is has been he was cast out he was cast out out of heaven and eventually he will be cast out of earth and one last verse uh, john chapter 16 verse 11 i'm just going to briefly mention this um, when jesus describes the work of the holy spirit he describes it in a threefold manner he would convict the world of sin righteousness and the last one is judgment and what it, Jesus then explains what each of those mean. And when Jesus describes what it would mean that the Holy Spirit would convict the world of judgment, he says this, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So in the book of Revelation, when it says to fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come, in the gospel, at least in the gospel of John, the judgment is not against humanity, but against sin and Satan. The ruler of this world is judged. The ruler of this world is condemned and cast out. So this is what the first angel's message emphasizes and begins with. Satan thought he had defeated, defeated Jesus at the cross, but in reality, Satan had sealed his own fate. The cross of Jesus judged and condemned sin and Satan. So a crucial part of the hour of God's judgment took place at the cross. There, God judged and condemned Satan and destroyed sin's power over the destiny of the, of, of the human race. It was at the cross that Jesus accomplished this, that God the Father accomplished this by giving his son to go through this experience. So the first angel angel's message begins by saying, fear God and give him glory for the hour of his judgment has come. And now we have been able to see what this really means. To fear God. At the cross, we receive the fear of the Lord through being forgiven of our sins. Remember how we read that in Psalms 130, verses 3 to 4? If you, Lord, should mark the iniquities of my heart, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be feared. At the cross, we receive forgiveness. And a revelation, what did it cause God to forgive me? It cost him everything. He was willing to lose and risk everything everything to save me so this sinful unholy fear of god is replaced by a holy fear of god I, I i am no longer afraid of god now i fear sin i no longer hate god and his law now i hate sin the fear of god produces in me fear of sin and hatred to sin those are the miracles of the salvation of God, and we receive that at the cross. The call to give him glory. The Father has given Jesus to die at the cross. And this amazing act of self-sacrificing love calls for our response. We glorify God because 
of his sacrifice for us at the cross. And because through this sacrifice, now we see clearly who Satan is. Now we see clearly what sin really is. The heinous, toxic, poisonous, fatal element that it really is. It's not, it begins to lose its attractiveness, its allurement to us. This is what happens at the cross because of the sacrifice that God experienced there. It was at the darkest hour of Jesus' existence when the Father placed upon Jesus all of our sins, causing an eternal separation between them. Because the hour of His judgment has come, the hour of Jesus, when the hour of Jesus came for Him to go to the cross, Satan stood judged and condemned. We saw, we saw who he was. And we saw what God was willing to go through so that he could save us and reveal to us he was never against the human race. He was always seeking to redeem and reclaim us as his children. Satan was judged a liar and a murderer when the hour of Jesus came to die on the cross. That's the hour of his judgment has come. Um, we're going to explore more. There's more in that statement, but this is the foundation. This is where the, the origin of that expression comes. The hour of his judgment is the hour in which Jesus hung on the cross and revealed Satan to be who he really was, a liar and a murderer. The cross of Jesus judged Satan and condemned him. The cross of Jesus has permanently defeated Satan. And because God has done all of this, we give him glory. So this intro to the first angel's message does several things for us. Number one, it removes the natural fear we have of God. Number two, it replaces that sinful fear with his holy fear a holy fear that causes me to fear sin, not God, to hate sin, and not God and His law. And thirdly, it shows me the eternal enormity of God's love for me and His victory over sin's power and Satan's lies. It forever defeats Satan and assures his ultimate destruction. So, you and I, at the book of Revelation, through the book of Revelation, you and I are invited to join in the universal response of God's sacrifice to save you and I. All of heaven expresses this, and you and I are invited to join angels and cherubims and seraphims and all the created beings of the universe. We are invited to join in and say the words that we read in Revelation chapter 5, Verse 13, and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. You and I are invited to give God blessing and honor and glory because look, look at all that God has done for you.
I sincerely hope you received a special blessing from today's episode on devotional. I pray it has inspired you to turn the study of God's Word into a daily habit, as well as using the study tool of our Sabbath School lesson. If you haven't yet subscribed on iTunes or whichever platform you listen in, would you please do so now? This way, you will be notified each time I publish a new episode. It would also mean a lot to me if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast. You doing this will help others discover the spiritual resource. I would really appreciate this. I would love for you to connect with me through my Facebook page, Devotional Podcast. There's a link in the show's description that will take you there. I will regularly post additional resources there as well. It would be so good to hear what you like and what I could do to make this podcast a bigger blessing for you. Lastly, would you consider making a monthly 99 cent contribution to this podcast? It would help offset the long-term cost of producing each episode. Thanks again for listening. Look forward to our next time together in the next episode of Devotional. Until then, this is Pastor Ariel inviting you to devote all you are and all you have to our Lord Jesus Christ.